Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm here with comedian Ben Morrison to talk about everything from top sexual fantasies to the surprising trait that may lead to divorce to what's so appealing about joining the Mile High Club. All this and more. Thanks for listening. You often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot. Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from WeVibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. The women know about shrinkage. Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check out our website. You can easily subscribe to the podcast. You can also comment and subscribe on iTunes. We love when you leave us a comment when you subscribe. It helps keep the show free so we can continue two shows a week. We love that. And also follow me on social media. I love that so much. It's at Sex with Emily across the board. And it's always a good time. So I'm here with comedian Ben Morrison. Hi. It's already been so many laughs before the mic came oh, yeah. on now. Oh, the, the gold that we didn't record? <laughs> we're never going to get that back. I know, but we can get it back. Because just when we're together, I feel like sometimes we just have oh, we, we, co- uh, comedic magic. We spin gold. We do. What's that? The Was it Rumpelstiltskin? Rapunzel. Rapunzel. No, no, no. Rapunzel's the hair. Oh, because you said spin. Okay. And then oh. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> What? Yes. Yeah. I remember Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Say it. But the spin, the gold, he could spin things into gold. I think so. Yeah, but but the hair was Rapunzel, so you got me all confused. Rumple Foreskin would be a good name for something. <laughs> you. <clears throat> I'm Rumpel Foreskin. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I've had some good nicknames for you. Okay, so anyway, not you? about your foreskin. Like what else? Well, there wasn't there something about your penis? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. We, ben is my um, sexual playmate. Sexual <laughs> playmate. <laughs> Sexual boy. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> she got me on rentboy.com. <laughs> she gets me by the hour. Thanks for showing up for this hour. Cause it's going to be special. I picked out some really special sex in the news items that I thought would be interesting for us to discuss. Because Dude. I think not only are you a funny man, a, a kind man, a emotionally intelligent man, um, but you're smart, and I think that you have some good insights, and you're pretty emotionally evolved. Aww. 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 Yeah. You're so sweet. I know. You're so pretty. Thanks, baby. Okay, you want to hear something? Yeah, let's do it. The most common sexual fantasies. This is a new study, a groundbreaking study, if you will. 
um, says the author, but I actually believe it is because it's got a little spin on the way we think about sexual fantasies. So I often talk about what the top fantasies are for men and for women, but this laid it out in a way that I thought had some interesting points. So this was in the Sunday Times Style Magazine. Okay, here's what they noticed about these common fantasies, interesting results, that feeling abnormal or weird is one of the biggest things that holds people back and creates anxiety that is very disruptive to our sex lives. I want to make it easier for people to have these conversations. This is what um, the author of the study, Dr. Lay Miller. Lay Miller. Um, Funny, his name's Lay Miller and he's a sexologist. Lay, but it's L-E-H. Okay, so like Le Miller. So it could be Le Miller. This is Dr. Bangs a lot. Here's the point. What he says is what we always say on the show is that why people are listening to the show now, why you're listening to this, you want me to let you know, and it is true that you're fine. Don't worry. The things you're stressing about that make you abnormal and you think you're not lovable and your partner's not going to want to be with you, that creates anxiety. So it's much better to talk about what you want sexually to get these fantasies fulfilled. So anyway, but here's what the top fantasies are, and I would like to discuss them with you. I'm wondering if you could guess the first one. <laughs> I'm wondering if you want to help me fulfill the first one. <laughs> I know. That's why I thought you'd like that. Threesome. <clears throat> yeah, Ben's I think that, a huge fan of threesomes. It comes up all the time. Well, that's like saying like like a guy's like a huge, like, I'm a huge fan of drinking water. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty universal for most men, though, and I'm not surprised that no, that's no, number no. 89% on of people, men and women, admit that they fantasize about having a threesome. 89%? Mm-hmm. What I want to know is who are the 11% that are like, nah. They were sick that day. They just weren't taking the <laughs> test. They were not there. It's true. So as for who's participating in this threesome, those with partners said ideally the threesome would involve their spouse. I found this was also interesting because I think this is sort of showing threesomes in a different light. That for people thinking that, oh, my partner just wants to be with someone else and not me, or our sex, our sex life has become stale and boring, maybe we should spice it up with someone else. No, this is saying that it's, they don't want to ditch their partner. It's not that we're not satisfied with our partners. It's that we just kind of think it would be hot to see him with someone else and to see him have sex with someone else. Straight males were more likely to fantasize about sex with two women. Heterosexual women's lineup didn't show the same strength of gender preference. Meaning that they would... They're like two, like a, two, a man, a woman, two guys, a woman, two women, mm-hmm. threesome with three chicks. I don't know. They were less flexible. Mm-hmm. Men wanted, Keep straight men wanted to. On. One more thing that I want to say at the top of it when I was saying that the biggest challenge people have around fantasy is that they don't want to talk about it. Turns out in this study, it says that 96% of the people, which is why this is so remarkable, the majority of us choose not to reveal our fantasies to our partners. And I just want to say that point that if people aren't talking about it, that... If it's something you want to try, have these conversations. Yeah, you don't have to lead with it. Like, hey, babe, I want to have a threesome. But you should talk about, if you've never talked about fantasies, but you guys have that conversation like tonight when you get home about your sex life, about the state of affairs. How are things? Like, I love the sex we're having. Like, let's say Ben, I wanted to have a threesome tonight. I'd be like, babe, let's say we've never talked about it. I, God, I keep, what a hot weekend we had. I loved having sex with you when we woke up Saturday morning. I have these fantasies sometimes and I want to share them with you because I think it'd be so hot to have one of these fantasies with you. I think it'd be to be in a threesome. Do you ever think about that? Like the th- us having sex with someone else? Would you- I have a fantasy. <laughs> this is an actual conversation that you have with me. <laughs> That's my, it is. This is my, <clears throat> is Emily having this conversation with me on that list? Because, so, but okay. So as far as bringing that up, I mean, I don't think, I mean, we as far as bringing it up goes, I mean, do you think it's the male or female's role to whoever wants to bring it, it up? no matter who's in anyone? I, I think it's any person in the relationship. Well, let's keep going with the other. Maybe we could practice someone that isn't so close to home. 
Sure. Like the next so one. Close to home. The next one is <laughs> BDSM. So the majority of people have fantasized about engaging at least one of these acts, bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. In females, he noted, they had slightly more than frequent fantasies about sadism, which involved anything from spaking to biting to dripping hot wax. The general message seems that people would prefer to be on the receiving end rather than dish it out, which in turn suggests that not being in control is more attractive than the alternative. Hmm. I don't know who we talked to, but I think that um, there's a lot of men who like, and women who like being dominant. But this is saying that women would like to be spanked. Mm -hmm. So let's have this conversation. I can have this one with you, baby. <laughs> so I really love the sex. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I have these underbed restraints that live under my bed. We never use those. I know. I keep mentioning them. Okay, because they're there, and like you should see them. And I've like mentioned, I've pulled them out, but maybe I haven't like specifically enough said to you that. I think it would be really hot if you use them on me and they're Velcro mm -hmm. and they're easy and mm -hmm. they're always there. Hmm. Except for when I got a new bed recently and then the guys putting it out of the bed were like, what's this? Do you want your ropes? And they threw them across the room. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were having a conversation in Spanish uh, And the guy from TaskRabbit has a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ma'am. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's try them out. I mean, I think we, I feel like we kind of have to commit to some shit on air like to actually use this stuff. Okay. It also, in my house, you know that I have all these things and they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. I know I'm organizing right now. As an example, let's make our roadmap for what we're going to do okay. with this. Okay. Right. So restrain you with the Velcro ropes. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Got from TaskRabbit can watch. Right. And then <laughs> drip the- Then it'd be like your fantasies. That was my fantasy. Oh, we don't have a ton of time. Last night just... I had the honest reason with the TaskRabbit. Um- I still get a lot of free advertising for anyway. So TaskRabbit is awesome, actually. Um, you should get a TaskRabbit. I'm going to, help to you organize your your closet. I am. We talked about this. Anyway, back to <laughs> back to tying and you up. to tie me up. Yeah, apparently, if you so don't. restrain you with the thing, so you're on the bed, you know, splayed out. Yeah, you can't even move. bondage. Yeah, that's good too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, and then blindfold. Do you want to be blindfolded? Yes. Do you like that? <laughs> See, this is my. Do you believe we've never talked about this? Because we were having great sex. We're still yeah. early on in the relationship. Uh -huh. that early on. Here's the point. It's not even that we're early on and I don't need to. It's just, it's, I haven't it's, thought about it because our sex is amazing every time we're together. Still early on in the, <laughs> my sexual playmate. We have another month left till the honeymoon phases. We're <laughs> about to go to Greece together. I know. Right. We've talked about that as well. Yes, we will. Okay, so listen. I do think that the blindfolds and I have the spankers and the ticklers. And there's stuff I want to do. And it's yeah. not because I think you won't, baby. I know you'll do anything. Mm -hmm. I just think you know that I'm not a huge planner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I have all the stuff in my house and it's there. And I'd like you to say, babe, maybe tonight we could do that. Like, like I need your help in the shade. But you'd be down. Would you, how would you feel doing that? Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Have you ever, have you ever practiced, have you ever done any like bondage or spanking or anything with any other Spanking, woman? definitely. Yeah. I think, I think most people get into some spanking. I mean, that just kind of comes with the territory if you're having sex with them. You just whack them on the ass. <laughs> but as I don't far think as you're that into spanking. What? I mean, no. not spanking as like this is my like the spank chunk, but I mean during sex, I will <laughs> I will spank you, you know. Not really. But it's not like a formal I, like lay you over my lap. And no. Daddy has to just right. fucking teach you what's up. <laughs> right. But no, as far as <laughs> as far as the bondage goes, I've never really dived that deeply. Okay, good. Into it's not it. that, like okay, so let so I think we should I, do some things. I don't like the idea for me cool. of being restrained. 
done. I will never restrain you. Uh-huh. But so I this love is the, the only way I'd want to be strained. Restrained. Restraining you, you do you. So that. Yeah. So the thought of that turned you on. Uh huh. Yeah. Really. Uh huh. Yeah, I like that idea. I didn't know that. Just you, like, kind of helpless. Yeah, I love it. I want. Yeah. I have nothing to do. You I can will, take my phone. You can I take will, everything. I will do to you what I please. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. So we'd be on board with this. Helpless to resist. (laughs) (laughs) And I will talk to you like this (laughs) dog. I love when you do your accents. That's what I love about Ben is that he can do a lot of different accents. At any moment, I could be like, be French. Was that French? What was that one? This guy. (laughs) No, this is a French guy. (laughs) Tonight, baby. Gone to go to your bed and tie you up with a restraws. <laughs> That's more like a French kind of. This is like your bondage in Montreal. I'm on the tie you up with a restraws. Oh, the British, your British accent. Amazing. Oh, this guy. Right. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to restrain you. Drip hot wax on your body. Open your mouth. Something's going in. What is it? You're not going to know. Blindfold. Is it my dick? Is it a cucumber? <laughs> okay. That's fun. That's Bring that not fun. Greek Bring yogurt. that kind of <laughs> Bring that enthusiasm. Dude, do you want me to do you want me to actually do that while we're having sex? Yeah. Like you could be you could you could have like you could fuck ten different dudes in I know. one sesh. If I'm blindfold, I wouldn't even know. You'd have to change mm-hmm. up the size of the cucumbers, but I'd be still like totally cool with that. Right. Right. <clears throat> You'll be like, right, baby. I'll I'll be like an Australian. Yeah. Open your mouth. Gonna stick something in it. <laughs> I like, how about, um, what else? What other guys' accents do I like? Who else have I? I think um, Australian's good. What about German? That's, that's the least sexy. <laughs> what about, um, you just got back from Israel. <laughs> Open your mouth! <laughs> I will tie you up and open your mouth. I am going to stick something in it. And if you resist, there will be consequences. <laughs> That's like not sexy. Enough. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Okay. So BDSM. we have threesome. We have BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then shaking it up. Which what does that mean? It means whether it was a location, position, or partner. Doctor Lem Miller, Lay Miller, found out that many people were to, are turned on um, to changes in their normal bedroom routine. Setting was one of the big ones for women, though both men and women admitted they fantasize about sex in public locations, such as in an office or in a park. The thrill of getting caught seems to be what the motivation. So shaking it up, and I say this, if you just get outside the goddamn bedroom, people are like, our sex life's gotten stale. Yeah, that's going to happen if you have sex in the same place, the same way, the same time, in the same bedroom, with the same light switch, the same, if you have a dimmer, it's always on the, everything's the same. <laughs> the music, the things, the curtains are open, the, like, everything's goddamn same. That is not hot. But if you like take it into the living room or to the backyard or to a park or you shake it up you have to shake it up it can't Uh just be like a one-off thing like you gotta constantly be yeah you have to that's why I feel like you have to try increasingly risky practices right uh, and you know you know you've gone too far when you get arrested right exactly we were just talking about getting arrested during sex today were we? Well, we were right. No, not you. We were not. We were not. I was writing up. What was, What was the context? It was of about that? having sex on the beach, which is tis the season. Well, yeah, I was. But that, you got to worry that it's illegal. On the beach, like, and you get sent to Right. But then you know you hear about these couples that get caught having but sex in, on the beach. In Greece, can't you have sex on the beach? I don't know. We should look that up. Google that shit. So we have threesome, BDSM, fucking Sh- a different room. Yeah, partner sharing. This is where you might find this interesting. Uh 
Less than 1% of participants fantasize about cheating, which I think is huge, but that doesn't mean they didn't fantasize about having sex with someone else. Instead, people in relationships do crave having non-monogamous sex, but only if this was approved by their partner. He found that 79% of men had fantasized about an open relationship. At 62%, this was slightly less attractive as a fantasy for women. 58% of people said they get the thrill out of watching their partner have sex with other people, but it was more men to whom this appealed to. Why I think this study is interesting because it also sheds light on the fact that there's a lot of couples that just want something a little different. You're with mm-hmm. the same person all the time and they're craving it. They want to have non-monogamous sex, but they actually don't want to cheat. They want it to be approved by their partner with rules around it and boundaries. But I think most people are like secretly fantasizing about it. And I'm not saying everyone should go out and be in an open relationship. What I'm saying is though, there are ways that you can do it in a in a, in a healthy sense and a way that's executed with like, you know, rules and boundaries. It's not random. It's not like your partner's cheating on you, but people have this fantasy, but they don't think they can act on it because they don't even get past that first thought of, ah, my partner was someone else. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that people can learn to kind of take a deep breath, talk to their partner, what that might look like and kind of get beyond the, my partner's going to leave me there. I know this isn't for everybody, but I think that this is interesting that so people partner- want it so badly. I know that there's a lot of people that this works People are open kind of things and it works for them. Partner sharing is a different way Big of one. just saying open yes. relationship. Exactly. Meaningful sex, number five. The majority of both men and women, 70% rarely crave emotionless sex. Oh, wait, and emotionless? Emotionless. Emo- like nothing. They don't. They don't want emotionless sex. People don't. People think that they do. Like I just want to go bang random people, but no, we, we crave emo. We want Attached sex. Oh yeah, I don't. I can't come we unless I'm feel, crying. We want. <laughs> I know, which is funny because you create cry more than I do. I'm like Jesus, dude, really? So people feel <laughs> instead of emotionless sex. Mm-hmm. Have you ever cried after sex during? Mm-hmm. But I've cried during. Mm, once, maybe. When the hell Wait, did you cry? I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't you. Listen, so people, just kidding, desired, we want to feel desired, appreciated, and love. Both men and women also said feeling sexually confident and irresistible was a turn on. We all want to feel like desired, appreciated, and loved, and like we are the best lover ever, and our partner can't help but like, ah, they just want us so badly, and we're the most beautiful thing on earth. We want meaningful sex. So emotionally fulfilling sex. Yes. Nine out of ten people said they fantasize about their current partner and regularly. Do you still fantasize about me? All the time. Cool. Did three times before coming here. (laughs) Did you? How many times did you masturbate today for real? Whoa. We're not going to make this about me. Yeah, yeah. But three. Come on, really? Yeah. Two. Three? Yeah. Three. What? You woke up at like noon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a busy couple hours. <laughs> and you were late. <clears throat> well, I had one more just kind of happened. <laughs> Same sex fantasies. Many people who said they identified as heterosexual said they still had fantasies of same-sex encounters. 59% of straight women saying they fantasize about sex with other women, which is very common. And again, you guys, not every fantasy you have to share with a partner necessarily you want to engage in it, but some do. What's, so, the, what's the percentage? 26% of men are fantasizing about other same-sex partners. 59% of women. So a fourth of men. One in, Okay, one in four men crave sex with a cross-dresser, and one in three men saying they fantasize about sex with a transsexual. Hmm. Have you ever fantasized sex? Have you ever fantasized about sex with a transsexual? Hmm. A man dressed up as a woman? Or... I think I've definitely like, like when I'm. <laughs> oh, good. No. This is so interesting. Not that I know of. Like I was at a I was at a bar once with my buddy comedian Daryl, and it was like late, and I was a little drunk, and then some ladies came in, 
and I was like kind of flirting with one, and then <laughs> it was like, he was like he, he goes he was like yo, that's a, a dude. And I was like, nah, man, she's fine. She's into me. He was like, yo, that's that's a dude. And uh, and then he was like, we should go. <laughs> have, have another drink there. Don't have another drink, Ben. Mm-hmm. Whoa. We get too many drinks, baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I did not. <laughs> cool. I did not. Uh, there was no interaction there. Got it. But, um, but as far as the fantasy of it, I don't know. There's something intriguing about that, you know, because ultimately it kind of straddles both worlds, right? Like there's the homosexual aspect of it um, in the actual anatomy, uh, if it's still there, I guess. And then there's also the feminine element that comes along with it. Now having sex with a transgender female, would that involve anal penetration or just- It could. Hand and mouth stuff. Anything could involve anal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Anyway, can I just wrap that up? Why I like this study. We've talked about threesomes. We've talked about BDSM. We've talked about being with other partners. This is not new. But what is new is that everyone feels is walking around having unsatisfying sex, not the best sex they could have because they're afraid there's part, their partner's going to judge them or you know, and it creates a lot of anxiety. And 96% of you, um, you're not even having the conversation about anything you want in bed. So if this is inspiring you right now, I hope it does tonight, go have that conversation. How many more days are you going to sit with your partner being like, really, the same ceiling, the same bed? Same pile of laundry in the same room. Do something yeah. different. Just you and your partner just <clears throat> resolve to have sex in a room you've never had sex in exactly. before. Exactly. Speaking of doing something different, Mile High Club exposed the unexpected psychology behind plain sex. Mm. I thought you'd like this. Have you? You haven't. I'm not a member of the Mile High Club. Does not appeal to me. That's like one club I would not want to be a member of. What, what, what doesn't appeal to about you? Eh, dirty. Dirty? Fecal matter. In fact, I'll keep reading. Oh, have you done fecal it? matter. <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> have you, yeah, you remember. You remember, right? Yeah. And once I got all that fecal matter out of my fucking, yeah, fecal well, matter. It, well, that's the whole thing. The Mile High Club <laughs> doesn't exactly keep accurate membership records. In a recent survey of 11,000 people, 5% said they'd had sex on a plane. An additional 78% said they'd like to. The desire to have sex in public or semi-public is relatively common. According to the Journal of Sex Medicine, 82% of men and women fantasize about having sex in an unusual place, like at work or in a public restroom. But the Mile High Club kind of takes it to the next level. So what they say is for most people, it's a risk of getting caught and not actually being seen. And it's not just about doing something um, naughty and taboo. There's a physiological component to it, too. You get the arousal response. It's associated with danger. Like, oh, my God, are we really doing this? That could heighten the whole sexual experience. But the thing about the flight is it is inappropriate, obviously, and illegal. I just find it gross because. Here we go. Not to get too graphic here, Ben, but your hands can be touching toilet seats, stalls, walls, handles, and more, and then entering one another's mouths and genitals or coming into contact with the condom that's about to be inside of your partner. The result, trace amount of fecal matter and urine on surface areas can result in E. coli and salmonella poisoning of a urinary tract infection. And you're going to get an STD from your partner or from a toilet seat the whole thing is bad. So, like, <laughs> was it that great with all that fecal matter uh, amiss? Well, I thought so at the time, but <laughs> now that I've learned that I, I got E. coli and fecal matter from the experience, it's making it progressively less sexy. Yeah. 
just be careful, you guys. So I just think it's the hype of the Mile High Club. But really, was it that amazing? You probably remember it as being amazing or something. No, I mean the sex wasn't a, wasn't amazing at all. Literally, you just say you did it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. She, she was like, "Come here." We just kind of went in the bathroom, and it, it was very quick. It was it was only really like it was only in long enough to say that we had had sex, right, right. but it was definitely not a sexual experience, so to speak. Right. Each relationship is different, but researchers have found there could be one unlikely sign capable of predicting divorce and it affects the couples that are overly affectionate in the first few years of marriage. What? So I was reading this because Ben and I are very affectionate. And I thought, is that bad? Are we gonna, uh-huh. We're not married, but can we get divorced? But no, here's what happens. Evidence shows that couples who are overly affectionate from the beginning, meaning they display more than understandable levels of affection toward each other are more likely to divorce. As newlyweds, the couples who divorced after seven or more years were almost giddy affectionate, displaying about one third more affection than did spouses who were later happily married, the authors wrote. But too much affection, always a bad thing. We asked dating and relationship experts their thoughts. So not to worry. You look sad. <laughs> It makes sense. So some people get caught up in the infatuation of a relationship, hence the term love is blind. So once it disappears, when they're like, oh, we're no longer so in love, this is what happens at the honeymoon phase. They're like, what is going on? We no longer have that chemistry. And the relationship falls apart. What they say down here is if it's over the top, over the top emotions and physical expression are hard to sustain. So it's short-lived from three to nine months. And they say here, life and life's challenges can get very real very quickly. Um, that's when you see a partner's true personality emerge. The person you thought you married had vanished and discontentment continues. There's a difference in being so much into each other that the surroundings and social context are ignored versus a couple genuinely being touchy-feely towards each other. Like the former is likely to be unhealthy, the latter is fine. So if we were inappropriately, like we're always affectionate towards each other. I think mm-hmm. we like, because we both like touch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the verdict's But about. if you're like, giving like a, a hand job at a funeral, you're probably going to get divorced. Exactly. And couple, right. <laughs> Inappropriate. Exactly, Ben. Also, couples get into routine. Being together becomes a habit rather than ongoing adventure of discovery. It's easy to become complacent. And this is where we quit adding value to the relationship. The other thing was couples who fought from the beginning and did not display affection also indicated an increased likelihood of divorce. Shock. So like, what do you have? This reminded me of one of your acquaintances last night. He came up to me and he was like, I need some advice. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm dating this chick and um, she's never had sex. She's in her 30s. She's never had an orgasm. She's never given a blowjob. She's um, kind of weird about sex. She doesn't masturbate. I'm like, wow, you must really be attracted to her. He's like, nah, kinda. And I'm like, well, I'm like, well, she must be hilarious. You have a great time together. Well, I don't know her that well. I'm like, well, why are you asking me? Why are you wasting the doctor's time here, precious time? But he really wanted to say, but what does that mean? Like, never given a blowjob, never had sex. I'm like, I mean, she sucks. I mean, she's go, like 30 something. I'm like, do you go find someone else? So, you guys, I just want to say that made me realize that, like, he's a good looking, smart guy. We sometimes we just try to make things work, you guys. Like my mom always says, the issues you have on the third date, you have forever. If someone sucks, they're always going to suck. Go find someone who doesn't suck. Yeah, and don't suck yourself. Well, that's the problem. Most people who suck don't know they suck. Well, eventually they will. Or eventually everyone do work on yourself. And kind of, this is what I want to say. This is my advice for you, is that if you like... Things aren't working for me. I keep meeting people like I that I just aren't driving with. I've been dating and dating and dating. That's when I say stop. Stop dating. Take a few months off. Take a month off. And then stop and process it and think, well, what 
what was my part in these last few things that didn't work out? Because I think what we do is we blame the person. Like, what was up with your ex? Oh, he was crazy. She was a, you know, she was a bitch or he was insane. And we blame, blame, blame. And when I hear that, I, just go, I keep waiting for someone to be like, and I mm-hmm. blank, fill in the blank. Because there are two of you creating every relationship. So I think if you find yourself, you know, in this place of a repeated pattern, just Take time off. Don't force your, you don't, you're not going to end up alone. You're not going to, things are, you have enough time. You certainly have enough time to figure out what you want and what fits for you in a relationship and what makes you feel good. Yeah. And, and you have to you ask yourself, to the table. Like, all the girls I date are crazy if you say that or if you, if yeah, you have guess a friend. What? The common well, denominator is you. you. Yeah. I mean, what what's crazier? The most recent chick or the fact that you keep going after crazy chicks? Like, exactly. There's something to that. Right. I'm done with that. Ben gave up his crazy. I'm done with that. No more crazy. No more crazy. I mean, you're you're crazy in a different way. Right. I'm like crazy like in a healthy way. Yeah. They were crazy. <laughs> you're like, hey, I have an international sex podcast. <laughs> <laughs> tie me up. Oh, I would tie I you love up. that I, and there's other things. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Good summary. Okay. We're going to give a shout out to our sponsors, everyone. Thank you for supporting our sponsors for, um, having better sex by using a lot of these products and services um, make your life better they work I love you all we'll be right back I went over to my best girlfriend's house to cheer her up after a recent breakup of course I bought her a care package that I thought would do the trick and not to brag but I nailed it I hadn't seen her that excited since prom see I'm pretty gifted at gifting pleasure but the combination of the magic wand rechargeable and a pint of ice cream had her this close to forgetting about her heartache She had no idea that the magic wand was now unleashed from its cord. She couldn't believe it had four intensity levels, four new vibration patterns, the same mind-blowing power as the original, and can easily be used in any room of the house. And hey, she can even throw it in her bag on her next date, when she's ready, of course. And get this, I haven't heard from her since, so I think the two of them will be very happy together. But let's be honest, who wouldn't? The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the sure thing. To get yours, just go to magicwandemily.com or click the banner on my website today. I love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask such great sex questions. And you also ask me, is the womanizer really that good? Or tell me more about the womanizer, which doesn't surprise me because it's still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is I could talk about the womanizer all day. I call it the clip whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want. I didn't think they could top the womanizer to go, the one that's shaped like a lipstick, but guess what? They did. The latest womanizer is called the Starlet. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny. It literally fits in the palm of your hand. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective, some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. If you haven't tried a womanizer, now is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily. Okay, we're on to emails. I love answering your questions. It's why I exist here on the planet. If you want a question answered on the show, you can text Ask Emily, all one word, to 797979. Fill out the short form that you'll get, and or you can go to my website, sexwithemily.com. Click the Ask Emily tab and include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Could it's you, very important. Right now, it's 797979. I, I mean, know, we the tried. obvious question is, was that not available? I think it wasn't available. We wanted 6ix9ine. I've wanted 6ix9ine so bad for so many things. You're not really into 6ix9ine, though. Like, doing it. 
Because 69 position is just... What is it? Uh, either I, I want to be giving or receiving. Giving or receiving. I can't do both. But that's like, the do best you ever part. find those sometimes? Well, we, we, we do 69, but then I like, like duck twice. out. Yeah, but I duck. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're cool. always like, nah. I'm like, peace out. Because then I'm I, like, don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> no, I put, then I would use my hand. I can't receive oral sex and give oral sex. Why? Because I'm so, you'd think with ADD and multitasking that I'd be good at it. It's hard to like get into pleasure state and receiving state. Okay, so I'm going to sex with Emily, you. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> The yin-yang circle of oral giving and receiving is an incredible energy transfer. Aww. Because I feel like the you know like the the more I the more love I put into it, the more you do into me, and then it just comes goes around and around. That's true. Is it that you don't like that your ass is in the air? No, I don't love it. Some girls have a hang up about like you know their butt being in the in, you know their their booty hole being. I think I'm usually on my back though. No? Or we're on spooning? We really don't know that much. Yeah, we really don't The point that. is, no, I have no insecurities around my butt okay. in the air. It's more like literally that I, it's it's just, I like to give you pleasure. I like when you give me pleasure, but it's in the moment. I, I just want to fucking oral, not, I will do it sometimes, but typically it's not my go-to thing. And I think for men, many times, or you, it's like a twofer. Well, like make, I'm getting my, I don't have to like just go down on you and I'll not just I'll make you a give. deal. And I just want to chill or give. What? Chill into my oral pleasure. We, uh, it's like the name of your like solo album. We, uh, we'll try the restraints <laughs> under the bed. Okay. If we can have a good 69 sesh. Same night? Yeah. No. Okay. Not the same night, but same week. Or I could do that while you're tied up. You could do whatever you want when I'm tied up because you're in charge. Yeah. <gasps> That's good. If you, if you Ow. forced it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's a hitter. <laughs> she is. Ow! You did it again. Yeah, right? That hurts. I'm sorry. Fuck. I'm sorry. I am a hitter. Because <laughs> you're hittable. All right. This is good. <laughs> In a loving way. She's like my stepdad. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a stepdad. The point is, yes. When you're tied up, I'll I'll do it. What I will do whatever the fuck I want. That's <laughs> hot. Your tiny little body. Okay. And her body is tiny. <laughs> oh man! Any fantasies you listeners have? Trust me, you have no idea. Thanks, Ben. People might assume I never even have sex. People assume you never. Oh have no! Sex. People don't know. Sometimes people can't do teach. Did Doctor Ruth fuck a lot? I don't know, dude. You can call her. She's a Katie. I'm, yes, she's married. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay. Mm. Sorry, that really hurt. Well, you hit you hit that one bone oh, like the oh, on oh, the I knee did. bone. I feel so bad now. <laughs> it's sorry. fine. That's my big ring. I'm sorry. Okay, this is from Naveen56, India. We have listeners all over the world. Yeah, you do. Hey, Emily, I'm a 56-year-old man and married. I have a strange sexual problem, I guess. And the problem is, I have a beautiful wife who's very sexually active. But unfortunately, I do not get sexually aroused with her. I feel somewhere in the brain, the cells just don't switch on. I rather prefer masturbating, which I do once every two, two days or so on average. I wish I could arouse myself to have sex with my wife rather than masturbating. How do I change my behavior and preference? Thank you for your answer in advance, Naveen. So Naveen's been married for a while, I'm sure, and he's having a a common complaint, concern, and he's not getting as turned on by his wife, and he's saying something's wrong with his brain. So I would also say that um, this is common, this happens, and you're not going to change. not like you're just going to 
change your behavior and your preference, but I think what we can help you do is think about the way, I'm sure you're still in love with your wife, and you actually are saying that you would like to be attracted to your wife once again. So this could be because perhaps, you know, a lot of things change when you're with someone for a while. You are having sex in the same place over again. You're having, you have kids, you have a life that's gone on and maybe you've forgotten what it's like to connect with her. So I would say take a break from the masturbation for a while. If you think it's, if it's uh, masturbation, you could try just not masturbating. I know it's hard. I'm not like a man who has the same kind of compulsions. Ben, if I told you not to masturbate today, would it have been hard? Like, like you did it three times. Could you have been able to just do not done it at all? So also, um, if you're watching a lot of porn, you can think about that. If you're watching a lot of porn, that can also be desensitizing, Naveen. I'm not sure what you're watching, but if you're having, a, if you're packing that brain with a lot of other images that you find sexy and then there's your wife that you've been with for a long time, it's going to be harder to keep that pilot light on with so many other things going on. And I would think that what happens is, um, again, you're probably looking at your wife in the same way you always have. So maybe to take sex off the table and look at the intimacy of your relationship. Are you guys holding hands? Are you doing things like you did at the beginning? Have you taken a vacation together? Have you really like walked on the beach? Have you just mixed up your life to the point where you're not, again, take uh Well, I mean, like that's... Like massage, like bring back things without the intercourse, make out. Kissing is like the first thing that people well, stop doing. What the hell do you do though if like just... You look at your partner and you're like, nothing. There's no arousal there. Like if, if they are just in, are not physically attractive to you at all anymore. What, what, well, what I got to be honest with you. There is a point of no return. Mm-hmm. He didn't say how long they've been together, but he's 56. I'm going to assume that it's a long-term partner. Mm-hmm. And what happens is there is just some times where too much time has passed, that you, you it was anger, it was resentments, and you could have at that point maybe just said, God, I feel like I still love you, I want this, but it's a lot's gotten in our way. Let's go to therapy. Let's let's try to rebuild that spark. Let's talk about our fantasies and our turn-ons and all these things. But when <laughs> things turn, when things go, it can be really, it can be challenging, but I, if you want, it, here's the thing. If you let's want something therapy. bad enough. Let's do this. You get a different face. If, listen, <laughs> if, you, if you want it bad enough, if you want it bad enough, I think if both people, here's the problem with Naveen, what could happen in this? Not Naveen, Naveen. I still, I'm going to give hope and love to Naveen. Uh-huh. But if if you're both, what if he's pushing this boulder up the hill? Maybe she's not that into it either. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. or he says she is really sexually turned on. But if they, if he's been absent for a while, it's just hard for couples to get on the same page of this. But what I want to tell people is that you, even if it feels impossible, you still know when there's still that spark because I hear from people all the time, like, I still want to, but I don't feel as attracted to him. But I still know it's there. That's where you want to be. You still want to know that it's there. And Why don't, to- not to cut you off, but just a little piece of advice. If, if a man likes a good, a good wank, right, maybe he rolls his wife into that experience. The porn experience? Not necessarily introducing the idea of watching porn together, but if he does like jerking off, and that's his pleasure center, essentially. Maybe bring her into that practice. Have her help him with that. With masturbation? Yeah, yeah. I love mutual masturbation. Yeah, like is she getting pleasure as well? Like kind of relearn her body again. You Mm -hmm. can find this woman, you have a beautiful wife who's very sexually active, he says. So I think that you got to talk to her about it, bring her into it. And this is not a problem that any couple can solve on their own. It's not like it's, like you say, like women wear sexy lingerie and come home and bake him a pie and get on your knees and give him a blowjob. Whatever the, the old like stereotypes or the guy should just kind of change. No, it's like two couples working together in that energy. And I think what a lot of couples will find is that all this, this whole show sort of has a theme so far. Uh-huh. Is that there's a lot of things around sex that we're scared about, we're being judged, and we don't talk to our partner about. And I think that 
it's that initial time you do it or the first few times you talk about sex, it can be really uncomfortable. And to change any behavior, anything we want, you guys, to be better at your job or, in, you know, to, to succeed in athletics or anything, you, there's a period of uncomfortable, like you push yourself. And that happens in these conversations. And what I want to say is with Ben, for example, I think that we talk about a lot of things in our relationship now that we've talked about, not just on the air, but in general, mm-hmm. we started talking about a lot of different things sexually that we want or how we want to figure configure the relationship that it actually, it's awkward at first, but it can get, it becomes like a new thing that you have to talk about with your partner that when you're both on the same page of it, it can bring you guys closer together. Well, it's super and important. Have to it's important too, but people are just going, no, I can never do that. People, A lot of people listening to the show mm-hmm. are stuck in the mindset that that sounds great, Emily. Yes, I want a threesome or yes, we're not turned on by each other anymore, but I could never have that conversation and that's mm-hmm. who I'm talking to now. And I'm like, no, it it could be awkward and uncomfortable and weird and you're afraid your partner's going to leave you, but most of us have that anxiety that someone's going to leave us if we say something. So we end up sitting in silence and suffering through bad sex and bad relationships. So right, I'm well, just saying, people, there's question, great stuff on the other side of that. What Fear. Here's a follow-up question to that. What's your advice if someone does open up to their partner about their fantasies and they do get some good old-fashioned judgment? Well, I think that there's it's the way you do it. You don't just drop it down and say, okay, tonight we're having a threesome. But I think that if you're or we're having, here's some whips, whip me. But I think that you might get some judgment. But I think you try to come from the place of you keep holding your ground. Because the per- your partner who's judging you about that, they're, if you have a judgmental partner, if someone is judgmental of you, they're probably judgmental of everyone. They probably judge their friends, their parents, their boss. Like there's people who are judgmental in their lives. So their first reaction, and that's a fear-based reaction, judgment is like, I'm going to judge you because what you're saying is making me so uncomfortable now. So that's why we judge others. Mm -hmm. So you probably already know this about your partner. So I think that going into it, you have to be like, this is about us. Like, let's talk about what we both want because I think that we should both write. That's why you love the bucket list thing. Like, let's each write down a fantasy. Let's, Let's explore fantasies together. Even if you already know that you got these top five fantasies down, you have to roll into this conversation with your partner. Mm -hmm. But just, and so you're just having it together. You're not just declaring what everything is going to be. What's the best, what what do you think the best? Does that answer your question? What I'm saying is, and they might judge you, but come from a place of love. Also, if they're like, that's really sick, you're really gross. (laughs) You're like, well, that's something I, well, what would you think? I just want to try new things with you because, you know, couples that play together, stay together, trying a new activity, getting outside the bedroom would be so great for our relationship. I don't want to keep having sex missionary for the next 50 years. Do you? What 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 would you like, sweetie, since you find my BDSM idea gross? Like, just (laughs) give it back to them because if they're in it with you, they're probably acting out of fear. What do you think a good set and setting is to have that conversation? Outside the bedroom. Always have this conversations about sex outside the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Brunch. Driving in the car. A good BDSM brunch. Uh-huh. Bottomless mimosas. I even tried having quips. sex. I tried having a, a, conver- a sex conversation with you once in bed. It wasn't anything serious. We were like, aren't we supposed to do this outside the bedroom? I'm like, good. You called me on it. Long time listener, first time caller. I think we should... Go to the other room and talk about this. We did. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah we did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Always learning. Okay, we answered Naveen. Let's move on. Okay. Good luck, Naveen. Let's do Jacob, 30, North Carolina. Hamley, my girlfriend can only orgasm from oral sex. That usually takes at least 10 minutes. I orgasm from either... <laughs> oh, sorry, bro. You got to put in a full 10 going downtown. I don't, I don't like this guy. I orgasm either from much faster oral sex or from intercourse. It's like Speedy Gonzalez here. <laughs> um, thanks for saying how fast you are. The problem is that my girlfriend keeps a count what? of how many times I finish and compares it at the end of the night. What? She's got like a 
scorecard. If we had great, passionate, long sex that leaves me physically spent, she will guilt and harass me to eat her out, even though she knows I don't want to because she said it's unfair that I came and she didn't. Whoa. Oh, God. As a result, I've gotten less interest in sex and she's feeling ignored and frustrated. I'm wondering how to get past this in the relationship and also if this is a consent issue. Well. Since many times issues of male consent are ignored in the bedroom. Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Jacob, take a few deep breaths here. Jacob, slow down. (laughs) Jacob, 10 minutes is not long for eating the puss. That's kind of short for a good sesh. Am I right, doctor? I and you that. Jacob's, <laughs> J- yes, you did. And Jacob's girlfriend, fucking put the timer down. Stop comparing. You're only going to make him more nervous, and you're going to turn him off from g- giving you what you really want. I know. You can't do that. This I is mean, not that, a healthy place to be. The, no, the both of these quo. people, they're, they're like swapping judgment. They are judgy, and they have contempt, it sounds like, too, which is not a good indicator of a lasting relationship. Well, especially if he's viewing a 10-minute oral sex session as, like, way long. Right. There's something there. I mean, like, you, you don't you don't have a stopwatch in the middle of ecstasy. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think there's a larger communication issue, and I think it's probably getting boiled into their sex life. Yeah, I think there is. I think there were like everything else. He's like, you know, we're leaving for a movie in eight minutes. Like he's probably sitting there with his watch and they're probably competitive. Eat me out for five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of, there are, there's other things going on here. Keeping score is a bad idea. Anyone who uses sex even as like, yes, like in their relationship too, when they're like, you know, withholding sex until something happens. Yeah. That works. If you're, if you're weaponizing sex, then something is broken in the relationship itself. Yeah, you guys got to work around this, this counting thing. I, I don't even know how to, I mean, like, I feel like keeping score doesn't help. It is a two-way street with you guys. You may have had passionate love making in your eyes, but if she is unsatisfied, what are we going to do? You got to go down on her first. She comes first is a great tool. Start. Make sure she orgasms every single time because you know you're going to. So you know you're going to. You could go down on her for a few minutes, 10 minutes to start, buddy. Let me be honest. Mm-hmm. And then you can have sex for a little bit, and then you go down on her again. Or use a toy or do something else. But make sure that she has orgasms, more clitoral stimulation, and stop with this nonsense fighting around the sex. Like, I don't, I think that they are a couple that have to, has to take sex off the table right now for a little bit and maybe go back into falling in love again, kissing and getting to know each other and all that shit. Cause this whole oral, like. Or just break up. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever, you ever give it that advice? Sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah. No, don't break up. But I you, don't. I but, don't often because I'm not there. If they call into the show, I could be like, you got to end it. It's easier when you go. You guys should definitely email me. And when you email me at feedback at sexwithemily.com, you can check the call into the show box. And you could call in and we could talk for five minutes. I can get way further on this stuff because here I'm just like, yeah, there's no this is Jacob's perspective. I don't have his girlfriend on the phone. All I'm saying is that you guys are fighting about the wrong things. This is your dynamic. You're a super competitive couple. And I think you should get, if you guys love each other, you both want each other to have orgasms and great sex. So can you get back to that point? Take all this stuff off the table of the fighting and the comparing. All right. One more. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is from Stuart 38 Vermont. My wife and I are pretty playful and experimental with each other. Recently, I found out about urethral sounding for men and the ability to directly hit the P spot. This sounds totally crazy to me, but I'm intrigued. I value your opinion and knowledge. Could you please tell me your thoughts? So let me tell you about, it doesn't come up in a while. Let me tell you about urethral sounding, Ben. Wait on me. Sticking a small rod no. up one's urethra for sexual no. pleasure 
Is it something no. you have to explain? In your penis. No. In your pee. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> exactly. N-O. Right. I've never looked at a catheter and been like, oh, I can't wait to fuck that. Right. No. Um, You can use people, you do this, and they use completely sterile items, and they're very careful. You have to pee afterwards, flush out any lube or anything. It may sting. It puts you at really no, high do, risk. Do not show me a photo. It puts you at really high risk for infections, and I'm all for oh, prostate no. play. Dude. Please don't do it, Stuart. I'm glad you asked. I get it. Like, it's just, there's so many things that could go wrong. Sticking a little oh, a sounding stick in your, no, in your penis. No, How I say no. How bored are people? Well, I like that he's thinking outside the, the box, if you will, but uh, <sighs> nothing, don't do the sounding. Prostate play, I'm down with play with your prostate. Yeah, good. We've never done that, if you're into that. We nope. can talk about that. Yeah. You've been to that more so? I mean, we've talked about I'm, it. But. I'm into trying things with you. Okay. I trust you. Mm, I would know what I'm doing. You do know. You're, you're like the expert. True. You know? This All is right, like well, hanging out with Einstein and not discussing gravity. Oh, we talk about stuff. Right? Thanks, baby. Okay, that's all we got time for. This was good times here, Ben. Well, I'm going to go stick a rod in my dick. Please don't. Um, okay, at Ben the Morrison, thanks for being here. Thanks to all my listeners. Thank you so much. I want to hear from you. What shows are you liking, loving? What else do you want to hear more of? Um, it's summer. I hope you're all having an amazing summer and sending you lots of love. Thanks to Ken, Volunteer Sarah, Producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Here's a listener email I recently received, and let me tell you, it's not the only one of its kind. Hi, Emily. I'm a 38-year-old single mom who wants to get back on the dating scene, but I'm terrified. I've been dealing with bladder leakage and actually started wearing pads every day just to be safe. Between the leaking and the pads, I'm totally insecure about spontaneous intimacy with a new partner. How can I move past this? Well, first, let me tell you that she's not alone. It's actually estimated that 40 million women use pads every day for bladder leaks young, old, with, without kids. But let me tell you, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There are solutions though, and it's not just pads. The Apex by Pormois is an affordable device that uses gentle electrostimulation to create an extremely effective Kegel workout automatically. Not only does a strong pelvic floor help prevent the old sneeze and pee situation, it can increase the strength and frequency of your orgasms, which should also help make you want to get intimate again. Similar to the intensity that I've spoken about for years, the Apex delivers the same results without the rabbit vibrator functions, making it the perfect option for women who are sensitive to stimulation. To start using an Apex and stop relying on pads, visit pourmoi.com slash Emily. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I dot com slash Emily.